What's cracking? Big dogs. Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. This is BDGE. Those are a lot of beer cans. Yesterday was St. Patty's Day. Shit did not go well. Fade the Public is going to be a shit show tomorrow. I don't even know what the video is going to look like. Things are all over the place. Free agency is all over the place. But y'all are here with me. And we're starting to get some landing spots. Things are turning up. If something crazy happens during the video, please uh, just drop it in the comment section. Let me know if Juju lands in New York. Would be a terrible landing spot for everybody except for maybe Sam. Are they building around Sam Darnold? Are they doing that? Are they letting him go one more time? They let they let the ginger rip. Let him rip. I think they should. I think they should. Oh boy, it's gonna be a long day. How we doing, everybody? How are we? What's up, John? Cameron, Mr. Sam. Jonah, Matt, what's good? Corey, how are we? Nick came when he saw Curtis Samuel to WTF. Absolutely not. Like, are, are we gonna? Are we're really gonna do this again? We're gonna pretend that him landing with Ron Rivera is a good landing spot? I get it. I get it. They needed weapons. They needed weaponry there. But like Ron Vanilla Rivera, that shit is smooth as hell. He's not creative. The fuck you think they're gonna do with Curtis Samuel? I don't know. Good playmaker. The other problem with this whole situation is uh like we don't want we don't want starting Ryan Fitz. We want we need underdog Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like we need come off the bench. You're not supposed to be the starter. Therefore, you got nothing to lose. Therefore, you start winning because you got nothing to lose, Ryan Fitzpatrick. If we're going into the year, he's getting that $10 million contract. He's probably the starter there in Washington. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I like Terry. I like Terry, I guess. But, like, Curtis Samuel, man, I ain't, I ain't really with the shits. We ain't with the shits. All right, let's break it down. Let's go position by zip position. And you guys drop any comments, concerns, questions, feedback that y'all have for me. We got Andy Dalton signing with the Bears. One year, 10 milli. 10 fucking milli. What's that mean? I mean, listen, here, go, here, we, here we go one more time. This, this is the best quarterback that Allen Robinson's ever played. Here we go again. Like, Nick Foles is going to beat him out in camp probably, and then we're somehow going to convince ourselves to be excited about Nick Foles again. Or we're somehow going to convince ourselves to be excited about Andy Dalton. Like, I don't know. I guess I'd rather have Andy Dalton throwing the ball than Nick Foles at this point, but I don't, like, I don't, they're fucking Spider-Man memeing at this point. You know what I mean? doesn't move the needle for me. Maybe, you know, maybe like a, little blow on the needle like you're trying to piss your dog off like one of those that's what Andy Dalton does to the needle in terms of how I care about Allen Robinson he has not signed his, his tender his uh his tag I should say not not chicken tender I'm, I, my mind's on chicken tenders like 96 percent of the time so he hasn't signed he won't for a while we'll see what happens there um I mean listen like how are you going to be excited about Andy Dalton you just can't you just can't okay so that's really the only piece at quarterback that fell outside we we did a uh we did a, a first round of this free agency recap on Tuesday. So if you missed that, we talked about all the people that landed prior to basically after Tuesday's video. Um, so Ryan Fitzpatrick was kind of involved in that. But again, like Fitz, yeah, sure. I, I guess I like it for the passing offense. Like he's better than whatever they fucking had last year. But, you know, going into the year with every team knowing exactly what they're about to play against, I'm not like super excited for Fitz. I like it for Terry. He'll get a little bit more of an accurate quarterback. 
But Curtis Samuel, man, three years, 34 and a half milli. Like, again, he, he like we're, we're just going to pretend like Ron Rivera is going to unlock Curtis Samuel again when we literally had a three-year sample size of that not happening. We needed Joe Brady to come in and use him creatively and use him on the ground and average like 7.5 yards per target. Not yards per target, but like his average depth of target was 7.5 after, you know. We talked about a lot of people raised the point. Oh, he's got all these air yards that he left on the field. Just give him an accurate fucking quarterback and Curtis Samuel's going to ball. And then we acted like he got it last year, which he didn't really. Teddy Bridgewater kind of stunk. But they didn't – he didn't become like a better deep ball catcher, get more accurate throws to him. They used him way differently. Literally was getting really, really short plays all the time. Um, and, and that's where I don't, I don't know if they do that in, in, in Washington now because we had Ron Rivera with, with Carolina for three years. His first three years with Curtis Samuel was under Ron Rivera. Uh, now, if, if we want to break down some of the big facts, I want to look at the rushing numbers, right? Because Curtis Samuel is obviously a versatile player. More often than not, versatility is wildly overrated in fantasy. Okay, You could be a good player and be versatile, but the team still needs to use you in the way that you're equipped to produce on a level of fantasy football satisfaction. We need that, that satisfaction out of Curtis Samuel. I don't know if we're going to get it. Last year, he had 41 rush attempts. That led all NFL wide receivers. Okay, uh, That was in 15 games, too. And that stacked on a nice 200 yards on top of the 850 receiving yards. So that put him over the 1050 mark. 41 rushes. I know you could say, like, listen, it was because Christian McCaffrey got hurt. But that still begs the point that Maybe no team is going to use him correctly. Maybe no team is going to use him the rushing yards outside of injuries, which is still not good for his ceiling. When you look at the previous three years, okay? So he had 41 rush attempts last year in 15 games. Previous three years combined in Carolina, played in 37 games, had 31 combined rush attempts, okay? They got Antonio Gibson. They got J.D. McKissick, who is like basically Curtis Samuel back there already. I, I don't see him using being used versat, versat, versatility in this backfield or on this team, in this wide receiver group? Like, is he their wide receiver too and probably their slot guy? Like, yeah, sure. Like, what the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? God, if you listening, help. All right. Um, like, listen, if you if, if you believe Curtis Samuel's a great wide receiver, cool. And I know, like, Matt Harmon, he does reception perception, and Curtis Samuel is actually a fantastic separator. Maybe we need a really good quarterback to unlock him as a great wide receiver. If you believe he's a great wide receiver, cool. Draft him. But... Again, if you're like, oh, he's just so versatile, I'm excited for this to happen. Like, it's fucking Ron Vera again, all right? He's he's like a wide receiver three that'll have good games, but I'm not drafting him at like the wide receiver 24 or wherever he finished last year. Just I'm just not doing it. I'm just not doing it, okay? Emmanuel Sanders is an interesting fit in Buffalo. Uh, it's a nice fit for the offense. One year, $6 million. Nothing, nothing too spicy here. They lose John Brown, obviously, and we all kind of get excited about Gabriel Davis and I think underlyingly excited about yeah, that's a lie. No one's excited about Cole Beasley. But it would have been a nice best ball pick. Basically, I think Emmanuel Sanders kind of comes in and makes this just a giant committee behind Stefan Diggs, okay? Between Davis and Beasley and John Brown, um, you know, obviously Diggs is the one, clear-cut one. He's going to get 150 targets again next year. Gabriel Davis is still the guy you want in Dynasty as, as the wide receiver, too. A high upside guy, big playmaker, 6'4", 215. He's got that, like, alpha build, can play downfield, 17 yards per reception. Uh, but we can't act like this don't hurt all the wide receivers behind Stephon Diggs equally. Um, but what I do like, what I do like, you know, I'm looking at numbers in terms of this offense. Like, I really like this move for, for Josh Allen and uh, the offense in general. Beasley was a slot guy for them last year, obviously. Ran 88.2% of his routes, his snaps, from the slot. 
Now let me throw this. Actually, you know what? Eh, eh, I won't even throw it up on the screen. It's going to take too long. Should have done this prior to the video. So with, with Sanders signing the slot, like this could be a good move if they really don't have a pass catching tight end on the roster that they trust. Because what they did last year, right? Like you, you thought of Buffalo the previous years and like a team that wants to run the ball, a team that wants to go run heavy, a team that wants to have success on the ground and like not be so air attack. And they just said, fuck that. We're, you know, boom, 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 boom. Josh Allen, we want you in our room. And shit took off. And they ran three wide receiver sets or four wide receiver sets at a really, really high rate, okay? So they ran three wide receiver sets 71% of the time. Uh, only five teams had a higher rate. They ran four wide receivers or more. So think of like the Arizona was the only team that had a higher rate of having four wide receivers on the field or more at the same time. So like that spread offense where you got two outside, two slot guys inside, and then either a running back or a tight end. More often than not, it's the running back in the backfield, but just not having a tight end on the field. So this would make a little bit of sense, right? You had Arizona 20% for wide receivers sets or more. We have Buffalo at 16.3%. The next closest team was Cincinnati down at 5%. Okay. So I think they showed their cards and what they want to do here. Um, and you could have Davis and Stefan Diggs running on the outside doing their thing, just fucking deleting cornerbacks. And then you can have, uh, you could have Beasley and you could have, uh, fucking and Emmanuel Sanders, who's obviously a slot guy playing a little hopscotch over the middle. You know, teams aren't going to be able to, to fucking cover all these guys. Um, so, so, you know, John Brown out. I like the fit for Sanders. I, I, I think this is a really, really sneaky, good fit. For uh, to help Josh Allen here. <sighs> Same thing with Marvin Jones in Jacksonville, man. Two years, fourteen and a half million. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck we got to do here in Jacksonville with these weapons. You know, I was I was saying a couple weeks ago, I think that they do go out and I, I was like, I think they sign a wide receiver three behind Viscan DJ Chark. I think it's going to be Brash I thought it was going to be Brashad Perriman. That was my prediction, but the fit makes sense. Marvin Jones, Brashad Perriman are you know similar guys in that their skill set focuses more downfield. They're similar guys, right? But they're also similar to DJ Chark, which causes the question, what the fuck do we do in fantasy now? So Marvin Jones follows, you know, the new OC, Daryl Bevel, is in Jacksonville. And we kind of got a glimpse of, of what the offense looked like or what Marvin Jones' involvement in the offense was the last couple of years. He was pretty damn involved. Uh, 2019, 20.2% target share. 2020, 21% target share with a 30% air yard share. So he was a downfield guy. Um, you know, he's got some synch synchronicity. He's got some chemistry I guess with the OC he'll know the offense going in so we won't take time to kind of develop into that regardless it makes it difficult to buy into kind of any of these guys right Shark, Visca, um, Marvin Jones even with Trevor Lawrence coming to town man uh, I, I think Chark and Visca are like, kind of like high upside wide receiver threes that you can draft in fantasy right now I'm not going to be taking them in the wide receiver two range most likely maybe I'll fuck around and grab a Visca share or two in, in like the wide receiver 22 to 26 range but I ain't going to feel pretty comfortable doing that at all now, Jones is not really a guy I'm going to be targeting. I mean, he's old. He's old. But he is a nice piece for the offense. And listen, if he's going to go five, six rounds after DJ Chark, he might be worth dabbling. He might be he might be worth taking the value shot on. Because, again, he's got this involvement that we've already seen in Daryl Bevel's offense. I don't think he's washed. He's dealt with injuries over the last couple of years. And, you know, he's been on and off the field. But if he can stay healthy for a little while, like, he can he can be a playmaker. I don't think Marvin Jones is done by any means. I think there's a possibility that, that Jones and DJ Chark – uh, don't finish very far off at the end of the season statistically. Like I could see DJ Chark going for like, I don't know, 905 and Marvin Jones going for like 750 and five or six or something shit like that. Uh, so the 150 yards might not be worth five, six rounds of, of jumping up in that case. Okay. Uh, so for Visca, I mean, like, 
I don't know. I'm having a little bit of trouble buying in on the upside of Visca in 2021, to be honest. He's still very much like a dynasty hold, of course, with, with this offense ascending and Trevor Lawrence coming in and whatnot. Um, but, I mean, listen, rookie quarterback, a lot of moving parts. This just this might be an offense outside of James Robinson that I kind of just stay away from and maybe grab like Marvin Jones off the waiver wire. One of these guys is going to be dropped on the waiver wire. It's going to get a little bit messy, okay? John Brown goes to the Raiders, makes things a little bit messy as well because they got Nelson Aguilar out of there. They got Tyrell Williams out of there. So they need to replace some of their deep production. Um, and, you know, he, he's going to be fucking annoying. He's going to po- post like 700 yards and disrupt Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs' development here. Just didn't, I don't know what the Raiders are doing. They let go of like every offensive lineman that they had. Like, I'm not really sure what they, like, that they're playing fucking flag football this year, signing 37 year old John Brown, letting go of their offensive line. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, so like Edwards, obviously still a hold Henry Ruggs is, you know, I, I don't think you, you grab a guy like John Brown. If you're super, if you're super, uh, confident in, in Henry Ruggs being like a good deep threat for you this year. So not, not great for the other pass catching weapons, but like there was room to be had because Tyrell and John Brown are, or, uh, Tyrell and Nelson Aguilar are gone. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's tough to make something out of this, out of this passing game outside of Darren Waller. Um, I would assume that, you know, Rugs will probably start on the outside, and then it'll be a battle between John Brown and Brian Edwards on the other on the other side of things, and Renfro kind of fucking running amok in the slot. Darren Waller obviously operating as a pass catching tight end, so another you know passing offense I'm probably probably not really buying into from a redraft perspective. AJ Green to Arizona, yeah, we're not even going to talk about that shit. Running bikes, Jamal Williams. This is probably the one I think this is one of the signs that probably got the most buzz here. So he signs with Detroit, two years, seven and a half milli. He'll back up Swift. The question becomes just how impactful will he be on Swift's bottom line, right? We all love Swift. One of the most talented backs in the league when you look at speed and versatility, playing on all three downs, explosiveness, all that shit like that, all of them buzzwords. We like DeAndre Swift. We're looking back at last year. We're looking at the numbers. I think I think I think there's optimism to be had here just because Swift, I mean, Swift was a rookie last year and he was playing under Patricia and playing in this offense that just like used a committee no matter what. And then towards the end of the year when they fucking fired Patricia's ass, shout out to whoever made that decision. Great decision. Love it. Except for every decision they've made after that has not been good. So don't shout out to that guy, I guess. If so facto. DeAndre Swift. Last year, 171 opportunities in 13 games. So you're looking at a little bit over 13 ops a game. Uh, pace it out to 16. You're looking at 210 opportunities. That ain't getting it done for where people are drafting him right now, early second round-ish, something like that. You know, a lot of the hype and the buzz has been like, oh, he could be a three-down workhorse, but we want to bring in some competition. We want to bring in some depth, whatever, right? Um, we need that We need that opportunity number, that range for Swift in order for him to return value on, on being a top 15 fantasy running back. Probably more so in like the 265 to 300 opportunity range, okay? If we want to see the ceiling, if we want to see some good floor come out of him. When we look back at last year, like this this, this signing with Jamal Williams probably means AP. AP's gone, right? AP's gone. I hope he signs somewhere else. The guy, the guy's supposedly facing some fucking tax, some tax evasion charges or some shit like that. So shout out to him because I, I, I relate to that. You know what I'm saying? One of my biggest fears is just waking up one day, getting a letter from the IRS. And it's just like, you didn't pay your fucking taxes this year. We're coming. We're coming for your ass. I don't even think that's really like a nightmare. I think that's like probably it's that's it's 50 50 for that to happen at one point in my lifetime. It's unfortunate. So if I just if I end up one day just like not putting videos out anymore. You know where to find me is the fucking tax man. Follow the tax man. You find Nick. Save the cheerleader. 
save the world. That's the slogan. That's the tax man slogan. The fuck were we talking about? Uh, oh, Adrian Peterson. Okay, so Adrian Peterson saw 168 opportunities last year, 10 and a half per game, 13.3 per game in the games where Swift was out. So we got a little bit of an uptick there. So we're looking at probably 11 or 12 per game, whatever. Carry on saw 78 opportunities. So something's got to give here, right? Like what happens with AP? What happens with carry on? What happens with Jamal Williams coming in there and taking over? Like Jamal Williams not going to see 240 opportunities that AP and carry on or uh, carry on's not leaving it behind. He's still there, but he he was completely pretty much phased out of the offense. I don't expect him to be a piece uh, going forward outside of like a breather back, like a, like a Jordan Wilkins esque kind of thing. They had an indie, you know, you look at, you look at the Lions letting go of Matt Patricia. And I think that might be more predictive of what we can expect from Deandre Swift going forward. Cause you look at the last four weeks of the season and Deandre Swift took over. Right, He came back from a multi-week injury and then immediately was inserted into basically the RB1 role, seeing 15.5 opportunities per game. AP's numbers uh, dropped down to 5.5 per game. So I think that's kind of stuff that we can uh, expect. And now with you know not being a rookie anymore, a little bit more hype around him being the workhorse, like I, I think we easily see that 15.5 opportunity number go up to 16, 17, 18 per game. Right? I think he lands probably in like the 16 to 19 opportunity per game. Schfield which will equate to between, you know, 260 to 300 opportunities on the year. Uh, a lot of them coming by way of air, right? He had five targets or more in like almost every fucking game last year. Question becomes, though, Swift was a guy who did well in fantasy because he got a ton of the goal line opportunities. And I don't think Jamal Williams is going to, if anything, he'll probably get a larger share of the goal line opportunities because Adrian Peterson took a lot of those. But Swift is really good. He's kind of like Aaron Jones where like you don't expect him to be great because he's a little bit smaller, but he always just gets it fucking done. He gets the job done. And I think he's secured that role. Question becomes with Jared Goff there, this could be like a four-win team. This could be a really, really bad team. This could be a really bad offense. And that, you know, begs the question, how many goal line opportunities does that even matter? Like if he goes up from a fucking 45% goal line carry share to like 75%, but the volume of those overall, I, for some reason, I feel like Detroit was on the, they lived on the one yard line and yet they fucking stink. It made no sense. I gotta look some big facts up on that and see if that's fake, fake news, fraud, fiction, or farce. Um, but here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The, the, the signing, obviously, it's it's not a nothing. It's not a nothing. Jamal Williams was, was one of the better, more versatile backs available in free agency. He's going to play some pass catching stuff. He's going to get some early down work. I don't think he really gets in there on the goal line, which is huge. Um, I think they're going to use Swift a little bit more in the slot as well, which is which is great news because they're losing pass catchers, right? Kenny Galladay, gone. Marvin Jones, gone. Um, they're going to need to find creative ways in order to use these guys, their best pass catchers on the team, and that is Swift. So I could see him getting upwards of 70, 80, 85 targets this year, which would be massive, right? Because he's got that explosiveness where he can make big plays regardless of what kind of fucking volume he's getting on a week-to-week basis. But again, it makes it, it makes it a little bit dicey, right? Um, it probably secures Swift's ceiling as a little bit lower than any of us wanted to see, right? Like in, in, in a perfect world, he had top five upside type ceiling. I think, I think there's a little bit more risk involved now um, because when you're drafting, you know, an early second round running back in fantasy drafts, you are, um, you're doing that because those guys have league winning type upside, right? And I'm not sure he really has that anymore. So yeah, this moves, this moves probably going to push him down a little bit in my rankings. He'll probably be more like back end running back one, maybe in the running back like 12 to 15-ish range. A little bit of upside there, but I think that's probably about the right thing to do. 
Indy did the right thing re-signing Marlon Mack. You hate to see it. One year, $2 million. Uh, brutally low contract for a guy who probably deserved more, but he tore his Achilles next year, and he's just going to end up being, again, what Jordan Wilkins was to Jonathan Taylor last year, and that was a fucking annoying-ass fly just flying around his head and shits that Jonathan Taylor can just smack at any time if he wants to. Um, so I don't expect much from Marlon Mack. I mean, a one-year, $2 million contract coming off the Achilles tear, like that is just such a difficult um, injury to come back from as a running back. You just It just zaps a lot of your explosiveness. So it doesn't affect anything for me. And Indy with Jonathan Taylor is still a top-five pick next year for sure. Mike Boone. Mike Boone finna be a top-five pick next year. I love this motherfucker. I mean, he signs with Denver, but it gets interesting. Two-year, $2.6 million. It's, it's, it's borderline interesting a little bit. Uh, if he's available in Dynasty, I would definitely go pick him up if, you're, if your waiver wire is open right now. Explosive player. Um, Philip Lindsay's tender was retracted today uh, so they came to a mutual agreement he's like i want to hit the, the fucking market and for some reason they was like yeah cool whatever royce freeman is still there but mike boone is much more like philip Lindsay than royce freeman is he's just not a he clearly he's just a terrible fit in that denver offense um i, I think what this does though what i kind of like here is that that mike boone signing kind of protects both gordon and mike boone now from them probably drafting a running back whether they were going to go third, fourth, fifth round or whatever, I think like best case scenario is a, is a mid to late day three kind of guy. I think Gordon is a fantastic value right now in best ball drafts and season long of drafts. He's going to be a guy that you could probably grab as like the RB 20 to 24 in drafts and probably perform like a top 15 to 18 running back. Uh, right now he's got an ADP of 64th overall per underdog fantasy. And like, you know, in the sixth round, I'll take that fucking running back production all day. If you end up going, you know, if you want to grab like a Devonte Adams or a Tyree kill early in the draft, you want to grab a Travis Kelsey or some shit like Melvin Gordon will be a plug and play low end RB two weekly. And uh, yeah, I, I like the volume that we're going to get from him probably there. Let's talk about tight ends. Uh, I think the only one that we have not covered since last, like we talked about Jonu, we talked about Hunter Henry. I think the only other one was like Gerald Everett here signs with the Seattle Seahawks one year, 6.5 milli. I mean, his athletic profile is just something uh, that will get us excited until he's like 35. And then we're just like, fuck, you know, we wanted it to happen for so long. Look at his fucking 40 time. It's got to happen. And before we know it, you know, he's just so fucking old and it just never happened. But he's going to get He's got his opportunity, man. He's got his opportunity to make it happen right now. And it's with Seattle. One year, 6.5. Greg Olson's gone. Jacob Hollister's gone. Will Disley's still there. Uh, they have last year's like fourth, fifth round pick, Colby Parkinson, who's like coming off a broken foot. And yeah, I, he's not going to do shit. But it's going to be Will, Will Disley, Gerald Everett. I think... Uh, this one-year deal, money-wise, puts him in line with like Blake Jarwin and Eric Ebron on ta- uh, in terms of like an average annual value standpoint. So he's like intriguing. Uh, Everett has increased his numbers, like his raw statistics. We're talking about targets, receptions, yards, and each of his four campaigns. But again, it's like you know the young tight ends. We're waiting for them to break out. It's like okay, he's like about to be 27 and still never really took that step forward. Even last year, he took a step back from his 2019 campaign on a per-game number basis. Uh, so he was sharing time with Tyler Higby, obviously. And I think, again, like this is a point I made last video. Most tight ends, most groups on teams are in some sort of tight end by committee. There are very few Travis Kelsey's. There are very few Darren Wallers. More often than not, we will see some kind of fucking Will Disley, Jell Everett type, type fucking beat. Okay. We're going to see some sort of committee probably. Uh, I think like, you know, he's intriguing. Of course, he's intriguing. He's got he's got good yak. He's getting lined up with Russell Wilson, of course. But I think to to think of him as anything more than like a mid to low tight end two 
projecting for upside next year is kind of like borderline delusional. Obviously, if you own him in Dynasty, you're excited because now he gets to link up with Russell Wilson. And uh, if he performs well this year, he probably has a nice little contract in his future. Probably stuck with Russell Wilson as well. So is a team that doesn't have many playmakers outside of their top two wide receivers. So Gerald Everett can fit in there as like their number three target this year. So there's definitely some upside, but like I think we need to be a little bit realistic with the landing spot here. All right. What else do we got? What else do we got? That's really all I think I have. Uh, what do we got going on in the chat? In the chat, Juju to the Jets rumors. Yeah, I saw that. Um, the fit makes sense. I think Juju probably wants to be in a market like New York. You know, just on a fucking personal level, I would. Sam Darnold and Juju linking up back in college would make a little bit of sense, but it would absolutely fucking murder Denzel Mims. It's a weird fit, just because Jamison Crowder is there. Uh, they could cut Jamison Crowder, I think, and save like $10 million on the cap. But like, at the end of the day, when you're a shit football team, you want to keep as many good football players on the team, especially when you have the cap. And I feel like, you know, Jamison Crowder, not not a not a big dog's favorite, but like, I don't hate the guy. I think he's fine as like a, you know, wide receiver two or three. So um, Juju signing there would be, and any, any of the big name guys, like if we get a Kenny Galladay signing, if we get a Juju signing, I mean, obviously we're going to get a signing for either of those guys. Uh, I'll probably make an individual video for uh each of those guys it's just i wanted to kind of recap all the fucking shitheads that have signed in the last couple have signed in the last couple of days where can i get the shirt bigdogsfantasy.com bigdogsfantasy.com i love acres and gibson don't forget about ceh if cam doesn't start for the patriots then who why uh i would be surprised if cam's not the starter for them next year i don't like they, they might they might grab like Mac Jones. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded up and grabbed Mac Jones in the draft um, or, you know, did something crazy where they traded up and grabbed a, a quarterback that they had even ranked higher, like one of the top four quarterbacks. And then it becomes a question of like, uh, do they start him right away? Probably not. I would assume Cam gets at least like the first month, maybe month and a half of the season. So I, I, th- I think week one, 2021, we're going to see Cam as a starting quarterback for the Patriots. Kenny meeting with the Giants at 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I, I would at this point, I think I would be surprised if Kenny G don't sign with the New York Giants. Any rookie pro days catch your attention, Nick? Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't kept up too much with the pro days as of right now. Jared Patterson ran a 4.54. Not too shabby, actually. Let's see. What are the pro days have come in lately? I feel like most of the big ones are within the next couple of weeks, like from now until the end of March. I always feel like Somebody's watching me. It's you guys. You guys are always fucking watching me. Who is this? Holy shit. Is this real? Is it Anthony Schwartz? Anthony Schwartz just ran an unofficial 426. That's absurd. Did you already cover Swift? Yeah, I covered Swift. Um... Someone wants to be a fucking legend. Someone wants to be a legend and go back and timestamp these or you're already done watching and you want to timestamp. Like, 
I probably should have said this at the beginning of the video so you guys could have done that on the way along this journey for us. And I fucking hate, you know, I fucking hate, despise when like people got to be posting their personal shit on like social media and they're like, I'm so excited to start my new journey as like a fucking cashier at Target. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like nothing wrong with being a cashier, but like not every fucking thing you do in your life has to be a fucking journey. I might start doing that. Like per some personal news. I'm so excited to start this journey to, I'm so excited to start this journey to the coffee store today to get my coffee. And just fucking do that for every single physical thing that I do. How are you liking the new Discord? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot less fucking madness, in my opinion. It's been funny to kind of... It's been fun to to be in there all the time and just... I'm just usually writing dumb shit, to be honest. What Noah was right about Schwartz? Right about what? I mean, we knew that he was going to be the... I mean, we knew Schwartz was going to have the fastest 40 time among these wide receivers. That should, that should be no surprise to anybody. But, I mean, the question remains, is he good at football? Nick, a big Justin Fields guy. Um, I like Justin Fields, yeah. I kind of want the Falcons to take him. Could be a terrible take in like two years, but like, fuck it, right? Fuck it, dude. Start the, my journey to the bar for fresh marks. Yeah, I mean, we went, we went fucking pretty hard yesterday for St. Patty's Day. We had like 32 rumple mint shots. I love rumple mints. Animal legitimately had uh, like 10 like 10 uh guinnesses yesterday he came here and immediately ripped off six guinnesses uh and then we went to the bar and he had like five more and he kept chugging them he's like should i do it i'm like no and he just keeps doing it why did i skip aj green uh for the same reason that he skips playing football games has john carlo de orazio shown up yet after that comment no i mean i uh i uh i messaged him back on facebook and he never got back to me I know he saw it. I know he fucking saw it. Let me see. Maybe he got back to me right now. Maybe he's just like loading up the troops. Load up the chops. It'd be sick if he like came to my apartment and started fucking skirting off into my window. No, nope, he never got back to me. You hate to see it. What a jerk. Comes on, bullies me, threatens me, and then pieces. Animal is a chugger. He's usually not. That was the first time I've seen him chug anything since like, since like that that craze where uh, where all the NFL quarterbacks were chugging, and we did it on one episode of Fade the Public, and I just absolutely skirted on both of them. They're not a, uh, they're not chuggers either of them. Where do you think Pitts is going to land? I'm scared for my palm stonks. Uh, Pitts, 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 Pitts. I could see. I could see uh, Philly. I could see... Eh, I've heard Cincinnati a lot, but I don't think that actually happens. I heard Philly. Uh, the New York Giants make some sense. I think... Uh, Chargers, I guess, do make some sense as well. But Texans just released Darren Fells. Holy shit! Oh my... I'm, I gotta go run a fucking mile. I'm juiced up about that. Come on, man. Ain't no way to give a fuck about Darren Fells. Let's see. What is all that about? Who is that old man? Okay, so basically, like, this is what happened yesterday. This is what happened yesterday. Uh, some dude commented on one of my videos and was like, 
Nick, can you can you use less colorful language? My granddaughter is here, and I had to turn you off. And I just commented, "Is she cute?" You know, it had nothing to do with the fucking granddaughter. I'm 28 years old, and I'm a grandson. If he had said, "My grandma is here," I needed to turn you off. I would have said that had the same exact fucking comment. Is she cute? Um, and when I said, is she, I was just like, she cute. The guy found me on Facebook and then messaged me this long ass piece about how, um, I'll just read it to you. He was out of control. Hey, jerk off. Come over and see for yourself if she's cute. Tough guy beyond the screen. Bastardo. Bastardo. Uh, peso de merda. Be careful, jerk off. The world is not as big as you think. Pretty much what happened. And that was the end of it. And I asked, what's wrong, sugar? And he never answered me. Talk about where you think Lindsey, Connor, and Carson signed. I still would love Carson to go to uh, to Buffalo. I have no idea where Lindsey's going to sign. I would love Lindsey to go to Atlanta. Lindsey, I, I would love Lindsey to go to Atlanta. He is a real-life football player that I think we could pair with like a... Uh, that we could pair with a fucking... That we could pair with an actual like little little thumper action, a nice little committee. We out, we out. Kenny Galladay signed to the Giants. Is that fact or fiction? Is that farce, farce news or big news? I really gotta shut the fuck up sometimes on these, huh? My internet is so slow right now. I think you're lying. Kenny G didn't sign with the Giants, did he? Why are you guys doing this? Why are you doing this to me? I have enough on my plate. Just just didn't need it. Let's see. What wide receiver should I get back for Kelsey and Dynasty? Something pretty fucking high. If it's a regular tight end, if it's a regular, if, if it's tight end premium, you're obviously, you need to get something like top fucking five. Uh, because wide receivers, here's the thing: wide receivers don't really don't really move the needle, but Travis Kelsey does. So if you're going with a, a wide receiver in dynasty, take get get one of them young fucking dudes. Uh, get like a CD Lamb or Justin Jefferson or fucking even if you need to go like Kelsey in a second or something and get like a fucking AJ Brown or something. That's what I'm looking to do. Need trade advice? Superflex Dalvin 2022 second or Ayuk Daniel Jones in the 103? Ooh, uh. That Superflex 103 is pretty pretty nifty. I'll probably still take the Dalvin Cook side though, bro. He locked up the contract. I feel pretty I feel a little bit more solid about him than I think most people do. All right, type Xander, you're going into timeout. You're all going into timeout. All right, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna bounce. I got sh I got shit to do. As much as I'd love to hang out and talk that talk with y'all all day, I got old people that need to yell at me. I gotta yell back at them and shit. So um, it's been a pleasure. If y'all enjoyed, make sure you hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. We'll be covering more free agency shit as it happens. Once Kenny Galladay signs, once Juju signs, we'll probably do a whole ass video on them dudes. All right. So make sure you hit the notification bell as well, a little bell down there so you know you get a notification as soon as I go live. Okay? I'm out. Love you. Bye.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.